Welcome back once again to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray. And, uh, yeah, I know we did one about probably three hours ago or thereabouts. But, uh, again, like I said, it's a live action to um, pick up on week two. We're trying, we're trying to uh, certainly catch up on all the news and bits and tidbits from uh, week two and uh, going into week three, which is something we'll talk about in in episodes, you know, down the road as we head towards season season three. Um, for those that have joined me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so, and I certainly hope that you continue to come on back, and please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, whomever, whomever you need to invite. And for those that have been with me day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And again, same thing. Invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, whomever else you need to invite. Uh, please, you know, please, please. As we try to build, we try to turn our best to stay consistent as far as knocking out these episodes. And we're doing our very best to try to, you know, keep you updated on what's going on in the NFL and pretty much giving you my opinions as as this stuff happens. As after the, after the week's games, going into week three, uh, you know, so forth and so forth. There's a lot of news. Again, there's still a lot of you know, news to catch up on, and we're trying. I'm trying my very best to do so to catch up, to keep you updated, and keep you up on top on top of the news as best as I can. Like I said, I've done an episode three hours ago. Now we're doing another one. Um, another one right now. So, like I said, I'm doing the best I can to pretty much get all this information out to you as best as I can. Um, again, I'm trying to reach out to to many, many people. A lot of my viewers are here from the good old U.S. of A. I've had viewers from Germany, uh, United Kingdom, Turkey. Uh, I want to keep reaching out, reaching out for more. Doesn't matter where you come from. Uh, doesn't matter your race, creed, you know, sex, wherever it is. I want everybody, everybody, please, please come on in and listen, listen to the listen to this podcast. Um, I'm sure every any episode, any podcaster out there will tell you pretty much the same thing that I have that they've got the most exquisite or maybe the best or best podcast going today type of thing. And I'm not trying to steal a uh, Ric Flair pun. If you're a wrestling fan, you know who Ric Flair is. But I'm not trying to steal a pun from him. But what I'm saying is, I do the best I can to get to get the information as best I can. Um, Actually, I'm off today, so I have a chance to catch up on catch up on this stuff. Uh, enough of that. Uh, let's let's jump into more more news. And the first bit of news we'll talk about is is the Denver Broncos. Um, they sweep by. I guess you could say they sweep by. They I believe a 16 to 9 win over the Houston the Houston Texans. Now, defensively, the Broncos have played. I think have played pretty pretty well in the first two weeks. But it's not the defense that really I'm surprised that has played fairly well. What has really surprised me is the offense. Now we all know when the season first, you know, when it first began, they've been looking for that that quarterback, and they went out and they traded for Russell Wilson, and everybody thought, okay, the offense is the offense is fixed. We need a quarterback. It wasn't Teddy Bridgewater. You know, it wasn't Drew Locke. It wasn't you know this quarterback or that quarterback. I mean, I mean they had they've had issues with quarterbacks since Peyton Manning finally retired. And before Peyton Manning, 
John Elway was the man. Now, maybe you had a stopgap, and maybe Jay Plummer, but still, that was, you know, that was Denver. They were looking for the quarterback, and they got the quarterback in Russell Wilson. They talked about the, you know, the offensive line. It was a good offensive line. You had Melvin Gordon returning to the team along with Javante Williams in the second year. You talked about Cortland Sutton. You talked about, you know, uh, Jerry Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, who unfortunately Tim got hurt, you know, got hurt, and the returning KJ Hamler from uh, Penn State of a you know a uh, couple years ago. But now since the season has begun, it seems like they're having a hard time to generate some points. Um, they lost to the Seattle Seahawks, which certainly is some concern upset, and and certainly it is now. You could make a case that maybe Pete Carroll knew Russell Wilson very well and knew how to handle Russell Wilson, and that's why he played well. I mean, that could be a case. A lot of people have not really discussed that or brought that up in a conversation, but, I mean, to me, that could have been the case here. But then again, then again, this past week, uh, they did score 16 points. They had only one touchdown, and that was it. So the question mark remains to be seen. What is wrong with the what is wrong with the Denver Broncos in the offense? Now, I get it. Tim Patrick is out for the year. I get I you know I get that. Um, I know Jerry Judy just got hurt. Uh, got hurt this past week. Uh, do not know anything more on on that. So if Judy happens to miss this week or a significant amount of time, it's going to hurt the offense even much more because then you'll have Sutton, K.J. Hamler, and who knows what else they'll have at one receiver. Uh, means the tight ends, they'll have to step their game up. Uh, maybe rely more on Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams moving forward. It seems like I said, defensively, the defense hasn't been that bad. You think about it, maybe 17 points to Seattle, which is not bad. But, again, I guess you could look at it, well, it's Geno Smith. If you want to look at it that way. They gave up 17 points to Geno Smith, and all you could score was, what, 16 points. Again, the defense only gave up nine points to the Texans, but then again, you could only score 16 points. So you're averaging 16 points in your first two games, and you're wondering what is wrong. Is there something wrong with Russell Wilson, uh, Nathaniel Hackett? Again, I guess in the Texan games, he made some questionable calls. Again, coming from a first-year head coach, first-year head coach is going to make those mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. It's a learning progress. Now, I know people say, well, you had preseason to, um, you know, three preseason games to get it right. But Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett is something that these, these two are going to have to, you know, get to know each other more moving forward. Now, Grant, they're one and one now, the Kansas City Chiefs in their own division, it, they are 2-0, and the Chiefs the Chiefs are cooking right now and hitting on all cylinders as we speak. But for the, you know, the Broncos, it's it's going to be, it's for the Bronco fans, it's going to be a progress for, you know, for Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett. Now, granted, he threw balls to Sutton and Judy during, you know, during, during camp, I'm thinking, you know, during camp. For camp, and I know a lot of people, and of course, Russell's trying to get a good rapport with Sutton and Judy and company. Well, granted, again, that's going to take time. Granted, he had a good rapport with Tyler Lockett, 
which there was a rumor at one point in time that the that that they were the Rockers were trying to were, were thinking about getting Tyler Lockett at one point in time and bringing the board. Of course, they didn't need they didn't need him at the point in time. Now, if Jimmy misses significant amount of time, Patrick's gone for a year, and the Seattle Seahawks get out of playoff contention, could there be a reunion? Russell had a decent rapport with DK Metcalf, but again, you know everybody. When it's one thing to throw, you know, before camp or during camp, but it's another thing to get on the same page during the regular season. And I think that's where that's that's where that's gonna um, gonna come in. Now, to me, another thing is the running game. You have two decent running backs, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Use them more. I mean, some people say Melvin Gordon looked this past Sunday as good as he did with the Chargers, which is a great sign. Javante wins a tremendous weapon. You have a decent offensive line. Again, the thing is, I mean, I know you brought Russell Wilson in because you're, because and Russell is certainly an upgrade. An upgrade. There's no doubt about that. But you don't have to you don't have to pass the ball. You know, you don't have to put it all on Russell Wilson. Now, I know Russell wants to prove Seattle Seahawks wrong that, hey, put it all on me. You know, Pete Carroll, he was more a run first, pass guy second. Denver, Denver, I think, is trying to be a pass first, run second team. But the thing is, there could be some balance. You've got two good running backs, use them. I get you got Sutton. Hopefully, Judy's injury is not that bad. He'll be back next week. If not, if he misses a week, it's not too bad. But again, if Judy misses an out significant amount of playing time, then it could hurt. It's gonna hurt. And then I think you like to rely more on the running game. It's not Pat, it's not all Russell Wilson's fault. You have Sutton, maybe KJ Hamlin, but which we have not heard much of. I mean, really, Sutton and Judy have been the have been the main weapons, weapons for Russell Wilson. And that's understandably so. Now, if Tim Patrick had never gotten hurt, you would have heard more of Tim Patrick's name out there. But again, if Judy misses the NFL playing time, it's going to all lie on Sutton. Then the teams are going to, are going to gear up on Sutton, and they're going to let guys like Cage Hamlin and company that again, you know, try to you know try to step up. And again, in a way, it's not as funny as you think it is because let's be honest with you. Wasn't this the same? It's kind of like the same situation with back in Seattle. You had Lockett and Metcalf, but no depth behind that. They struggled to get depth. You've got Judy. You got Judy. You got Sutton. Now, Judy again misses time. You know, then again, Patrick's gone for a year. Then all you'll have would be Sutton. KJ hasn't really done much. And then you go right back to the okay, where's the depth of behind wide receiver? You'll go back to that again. And then it's okay, well, when you were with Seattle, you had Marshawn Lynch. You had Chris Carlson that you can lean on. Well, now, here we go again. You can lean on a Melvin Gordon. Lean on Javante Williams. And both of them are pretty good pass catchers of the backfield. Use that to your advantage as well. Now, the tight end situation, I'm not really bad. I'm not really a great fan on the tight end situation in Denver. Now, granted, that's one thing. Maybe Noah Fant is one guy that they probably do miss more than they will miss Drew Locke. Or Shelby Harris, I think the bottom line is they're going to miss. I think they miss Fant because Fant could get could get give him a little something extra. Now I haven't heard much about Fant in Seattle in the first couple of games, 
But you figure with Metcalf, you figure with Metcalf, Lockett, and maybe Fant, the passing game will be better. But then again, again, it's Geno Smith. If Russell Wilson was back in, if I think if Russell had stayed in Seattle, you could have had that. Maybe they could have traded for maybe Noah Fant. But again, that's you know that's that's a lot of speculation. And for Nathaniel Hackett. Yes, some of it relies, some of it does fall on him because he's a head coach. He's a first-year head coach. Now, he had success helping out Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see moving forward, can Nathaniel, can Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, you know, get, get on the same page? Now, I'm going to assume in time, as the season goes on, I believe they will. Defensively, Denver's playing Extremely, it's playing well right now. I mean, you give it what seventeen points in the first game, and yeah, but again, that was to Geno Smith, but he gave it nine points to the Texans. So to be honest with you, defensively, you're doing a pretty decent job, but the offense, which was supposed to be the juggle, was supposed to be a juggernaut, and some people felt that the Denver Broncos could be the could have had maybe a top five, let's say, offense in this league. But now it seems to be they're struggling to put points on the board. Now in time, I believe Denver will get you know will get better. They will get things rolling right along. But again, that's for Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and the off and the offensive coordinator. That's something they'll have to work out. But again, the defense has played well. The defense has it right now, keeping in ball games, which it wasn't a surprise. Denver to me had a top 10, 11, 12 defense in this league. I felt they had that going into the season. You know, you had Bradley Chubb who's gotten off to a decent start. You got a maybe a future future top-notch cornerback in Patrick Sertan. I mean, there's there's the only thing about Denver was a linebacking core. That was the huge the hugest question mark. And that's something they probably should have addressed more in the offseason or done a better job in the draft getting a linebacker. That's something that they messed up on. But as of right now, doesn't seem to really affect the defense on the whole. But for right now, the offense has to get into gear. And like I said, I believe in time it will get into gear. And it, will get, it will get better as time goes on. Russell Wilson's a veteran quarterback. It's not like Russell Wilson is a, a rookie or a second-year quarterback. Russell's a veteran. He's been there and done that. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl. So Russell, Russell will get it right. The thing is, Nathaniel Hackett's going to be this is his first year. And granted, they're all one and one, but can the can the head coach in his first year, yeah, can he steer the offense and steer the Denver Broncos in the right direction? Again, it's a tough conference. Kansas City, the Chargers, and you got the Raiders. Now, again, it's you know, it's gonna be interesting. But moving forward, yes, Russell Wilson, I believe, will get his will get the job done. And I know that Russell wants to prove Seattle and the league wrong. That it can be a uh, maybe pass first, run second, because that's what Russell wants. But for Russell Wilson and Denver Broncos, there's nothing wrong with trying to make it 50 50. You got two pretty good running backs, use them. Hopefully, Judy is not going to miss any amount of time. If he comes back, if he let's say if he comes back and plays this week, you still got him and you still got Sutton. There's still something to work with. You got plenty to work with there. But we'll see in time if Judy Hackett and the Denver Broncos can get 
and get rolling. I think in time it will it will they will do so. Let's stay in the AFC conference. Let's talk about a let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and let's talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Now, during the I think during the game they they lost only by what three points to the uh, New England Patriots, and. I believe in uh, the, the fans are saying we want Kenny Pickett, we want Kenny Pickett, basically. And because they were kind of upset that Mitchell Trubisky wasn't driving the offense quite like it, like it should be. Now, yeah. Now, Pittsburgh Steelers fans know, and I'm sure they know, that Mitchell Trubisky was not going to be the proverbial savior. He wasn't going to be Big Ben. And he's not going to replace Big Ben. To me, it's going to be hard to replace Big Ben. There's only yeah, you had Terry Bradshaw and Big Ben were probably the two were the two best quarterbacks in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. Now I get it, you had maybe Cordell Stewart that, that stepped in and did okay for himself. But those are the two guys. It's going to be hard to replace a guy like Big Ben. Now Mitchell's got a two-year deal, and the Steelers fans know that he's just a stopgap toward Kenny Pickett. Now. Yes, Pittsburgh's offense really hasn't lit the world on fire yet. No, it has not. Now they did they, they did get the victory in overtime over the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, it wasn't like they lit the world on fire. And this past week they scored only fourteen points and they lost. Now again the offense was the biggest thing with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers going into this offseason was the quarterback situation. Now they did make a couple adjustments on the offensive line, which is something they need to do. You still got Najee Harris. Now, Najee's had some foot issues, but it has not affected him thus far as playing. And I get that you have, you, I get it, you have a Deontay Johnson who you just re-signed to a new contract. You got, you know, Chase Claypool who could be a dangerous, dangerous weapon, and you got the the young was it young George Pickens who was the talk of camp. Talk of camp and pretty much talk of preseason and like hyped hyped up George Pickens. So you had three decent receivers you can use. Yes, you got Najee Harris who is, can catch pass out of the backfield too. That they, they drafted another guy was Austin. They drafted that they really like an awful lot. They got a pretty good tight end. The biggest thing with 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 them is is I don't you know. And Mike Tomlin's already come out and said that that Mitchell's not going to be benched. That. That he is fine the way things are going right now, and I can, and I agree with Mike Tomlin. I mean, let me be like I said, just a couple minutes ago, Mitch is not, Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be Big Ben. He's not. He's not even going to be Terry Bradshaw in his heyday. And they talk about and Mitchell has come out and said there was some passes that he did miss, and he has and he has not. He's missed some deep threats now. Mitchell Trubisky never came off to me as a guy that had a strong arm. Now, he doesn't have, but he never had Big Ben's arm when Big Ben was completely warm so healthy. He's not going to be mistaken for Josh Allen or, you know, or, or Patrick Mahomes or maybe a Justin Herbert when it comes when it comes to arm strength because that's not Mitchell Trubisky's forte. Now, Mitchell is Mitchell is a, a he's got speed. He's a scrambling quarterback. And that's what, that's what Matt Nagy used. That's what Matt Nagy knew about Mitchell Trubisky. He knew he, he knew that he could roll him out, do passes like that. 
maybe, you know, maybe Matt Canada. I'm sure Matt Canada's got that in his playbook, and maybe you need to do that more with Mitchell Visky. Roll Mitchell out and pass the ball. Heck, I know, I know it's a cardinal sin to have a running quarterback at times, but Mitchell can do that for you. Mitchell can get those yards for you. If you gotta do it, do it. I mean, Mitchell kind of reminds me a little bit of that Cordell Stewart vibe. To me, that's what he's got. Now, again, we'll go back to say Mitchell does not have a strong, a strong arm. But yes, he has three pretty decent receivers he can rely on. He's got a tight end that he can rely on as well. So to me, you know, I mean, to me, I know that, you know, maybe the Pittsburgh Show fans are looking for that long ball, that deep, deep, you know, that deep, deep ball. But that's not Mitchell Trubisky's forte. Now, yes, Kenny Pickett probably does have a strong arm in Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Now, I know they've got Mason. Of course, you still got Mason Rudolph. Now, of course, Mason Rudolph, there's rumors going around that Mason could be traded. Could be traded. Maybe. The one teammate that they were talking about trading Mason Rudolph to would maybe the San Francisco 49ers. Because now Jimmy G has taken over, and they need a solid number two. They got the uh, Pudy from, I think, Prudy from um, Iowa State, the seventh-round pick. I believe he was the last player taken in the draft, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So, Mr. Irrelevant. So, to be honest with you, yeah, but I don't think the 49ers want to go to the point where where if something happened to Garoppolo, that he would have to be the quarterback. And there's been rumors that maybe they'd go after a Mason Rudolph. But... But for right now, they carry three quarterbacks. And now Kenny Pickett is the number two quarterback on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh faithful, they have seen, you know, Pickett, you know, at the University of Pittsburgh. They know all about Kenny and all about his capabilities. And they figure Kenny could certainly open up the offense because he has a capability of throwing that deep ball, maybe more so than Mitchell Trubisky does. And that could well be the case. But to me, I'm like, I'm like, and I have to agree with Mike Tomlin. It's two games. You have a one-on-one record. And what's the sense of going out there and making a change now? If Mitchell Trubisky was really stinking his joint that badly, I'm sure maybe Mike Tomlin would probably pull him and let Kenny take a shot. But you're one-on-one. Mitchell's not. And Mitchell's doing probably a better job. And right now, he's probably doing a better job than some quarterbacks in his league are. But again, I go back to Mike Tomlin was a smart enough coach to know to follow the Matt Nagy rule on Mitchell Trubisky. You know, Mitchell's not going is not going to throw a 60-yard deep ball. He's not going to be able to do that. He's not that type of guy. But he knows he can roll. He, you know, he can use he can roll Mitchell out. Let him hit. Yeah, let him hit. You know, let him hit. You know, Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool or Pickens. Now again. One thing I've not seen a lot is Chase Claypool. In his rookie year, he got used quite a bit. He got used quite a bit in his rookie year, and he played extremely well. Again, I think you need to get the ball more in Chase Claypool's hand. They were doing in rounds, screens. Do that for Chase Claypool. Let's see what he can do. You know, gosh, everybody talked about George Pickens. He was the hottest, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He can't. Put the young man, put him to use. Let's see what he's got. If you got a good tight end, put him to use. He's probably the best tight end you've had since what, since Heath Miller left. I mean, these are weapons that you can use. Now, God, you got Najee, you got Najee Harris. 
problem is, you're trying to unionize your Harris to ball with 500, yeah, maybe five, 500 totes. You want to win the ball maybe like 400 times and it, and, uh, or something like that. I mean, that's not in Najee, and with the, with the foot, you've got to take the pressure off of Najee Harris and that foot. The offensive line, hopefully the offensive line has, can show some signs of improvement this season. But the bottom line is, you need to, you need to open up the offense a little bit more. Let's, yeah, let's get Claypool more involved. Yeah, let's see what Pickens can do. Now, yes, yeah, you know, and still, I get it. Deontay Johnson, you signed into a contract. You gotta get involved as much as possible. I get that. And you want Mitchell to be careful of the football. I get that. I understand it. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's defense, to me, Pittsburgh's defense is still a pretty decent defense in Missouri. Now they lost TJ Watt for a significant amount of time. But to me, they still have a decent amount of defense. I'm not keen on the secondary in general. I'm not the biggest fan of their secondary. But to me, even with TJ Watt, they still have a decent, a decent enough front seven to do something. But for right now, the bottom line is, and the bottom line is, they've got the Y on the defense once again. And what else new to Pittsburgh? I mean, let's be honest with you. Back in the steel curtain days, I know you had Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Rocky Blyer, Alan Swan, and then John Stalls. I get all that, but let's be honest with you. What did the Pittsburgh rely more on? The defense. The Joe Greens, the Jack Hands, the Jack Lambert, the Donnie Shells, the Mel Blunts. Those are guys, yeah, that was Pittsburgh Steel's backbone, was the defense. That was the backbone. And again, Pittsburgh fans have realized, here was all over again. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is going to have to be the backbone. And you're going to have to take what Mitchell Trubisky can give you. Now, if, if Coach Tomlin believes that Kenny Pickett can yeah, if he feels Kenny is ready to roll, he'll put Kenny in there. I'm sure he will, but for right now, he's content on Mitchell Trubisky. And my my opinion is, if you want Mitchell to get going, go back to when Mike Nagy had him. I mean, Mike Nagy got something out of him. Mike Nagy got, it, got them to the playoffs. Mitchell Trubisky is your quarterback in his first year. That's saying something. So maybe, you know, maybe Tomlin, Matt Canada, maybe, maybe need to go look back. Go look back at those tapes when Mitchell was with with Beth Matt Nagy and see what he did to get Mitchell going. Because to me, if you can do that, again, Mitchell's not going to, okay, again, Mitchell in the old conference, is Mitchell better than Lamar Jackson? No. Is he better than Joe Burrow? No. Now, you, may, you know, is he better than Jacoby Brissett? I think Jacoby Brissett is better than Mitchell Trubisky. To me, he's probably the worst quarterback in that in that division. Now, can Pittsburgh make the playoffs? It's an outside shot, depending on what the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns do in that division. Again, it's always a dogfight. Every single year, it's a dogfight. The Bengals won it last year. This year, it could be the Ravens' year. It could be the Steelers' year. Maybe the Browns right the ship. It all depends. But for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Mitchell Trubisky is, is going to be the quarterback until Mike Tomlin deems it necessary that Kenny Pickett can step in and take over and take the Steelers to the next level. And we'll, we'll see if Mitchell can keep his job all year. Well, Mike Tomlin says he's seen enough. And we're going, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. We'll find out soon enough.
Now let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are off to a nice little 2-0 start. In the offense, the offense hasn't played bad, and the offense has played well enough without one Tyreek Hill. But it's not the offense that we're talking about. It's the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Defensively, the Chiefs have played well the first two weeks of the season. And it seems like Steve Spagnoli and company have finally got a halfway decent defense. Now, they spent the draft this year, you know, certainly getting uh, getting some defensive help on that side of the ball. They got rid of some players, brought in some new, you know, some new cornerbacks, new safety. They drafted the uh, defensive lineman from the University of Purdue, and of course, you still got some of the veterans there. You've got one guy, a linebacker, Bolton, who is pretty, who's a pretty good, a pretty good linebacker. We might really talk that much about, but again. This is something Kansas City needed to do. If Kansas, I mean, Kansas City, don't get me wrong, you can't argue with Kansas success. You, you won a Super Bowl, you went to another Super Bowl, lost. You went to the AFC Championship game, you lost that. So it's not like the last three years Kansas City hasn't done absolutely nothing because they've done something. But Kansas City, you know, Kansas City, from Andy Green, from, from Andy Reid on up, they knew they had to do something different. Now, I get it, you know, there's no ty- there's no more Tyreek Hill. But you went out and you got Juju Smith Schuster, you know, uh Mardez, Mardez Val Scanlon. You went out and you got him. And you figured, okay, that would you know, that would help. You went out, you drafted a couple of more you went out, you drafted a couple more guys, a couple more receivers. Yes, you still got Travis Kelsey hanging around. Now, your running game, your running game the first two weeks of running game hasn't played that badly. Clyde has played well. You know, you got Ronald Jones on the roster, which I like to see you use way use Ronald Jones a little bit more. But the thing is, it's Kansas City finally figured it out is they needed to do more than offense. They needed a defense. And the defense has improved. And I'm interested to see for the next fifteen weeks, I guess we should say now, can the defense, can the defense hold up? And in that conference alone, it's going to have to hold up because you're going to have to face the Buffalo Bills at some point. The Miami Dolphins, whose offense seems to be a little bit better this year. And I get it. You still got to face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, Joe Burrow, the Bengals and company. Again, those those are situations you have to look at. And, of course, look at your own own conference. I mean, not your own conference, your own division. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, again, Kansas City, Kansas City has stepped up their game on the defensive side of the ball. That is that is good to see from, from, from them. I got it. You know, some people, Chris, have been criticizing the Patrick Mahomes because he's not, you know, he's not throwing it 500 yards. He's throwing six touchdowns per week or some some ridiculous amount of numbers. But again, Patrick Mahomes has done. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has done nothing wrong. I mean, Patrick Patrick is still considered, some people consider the top five or six MVP candidate right now after the first two weeks. I get it, he's not putting up the blockbuster numbers, but Patrick is still Patrick Mahomes. He's still doing, he's still putting up, he's still doing well enough. They still rely on Patrick Mahomes to, to run the offense, but now it's the defense that's getting a little bit of hype, and that's good to see. Steve Spagnuolo has been a has been in this league for you know for many years as a defensive coordinator. Steve Spagnuolo has had his ups, he's had his downs. He's gotten criticized, 
And now Steve, maybe Steve has finally got the right people in place to do, yeah, to do, you know, to do it, to get the job done. And what scares me about Kansas City, if they end up getting a defense, they're gonna be yeah, they're gonna be tough. Could I yeah, could I see, could you see Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills and AFC Championship game? That would be something to watch. Buffalo, they have a pretty good and Buffalo Buffalo has a pretty good defense. Buffalo's got top five or six defense in this league. Now Kansas City's not not there yet. Still got certainly a ways to go as far as that goes. But they're they're in the right direction. They're getting there. And again, again, they realize, I guess, you know, the Chiefs brain trust realize that you can't rely on Patrick Mahomes all the time. That you gotta run the ball a little bit. And I've said this before the season began. I said they've got to get a defense and they've got to they've got to use their run game a little bit more. Well guess what? They use the run game a teeny bit more, maybe not a lot more, and they've gotten a little bit better on defense. Well, 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 surprise, surprise. That's like I told about the Green Bay Packers. They gotta rely on the defense. They gotta rely a little more on the defense. The defense gave us seven points last the other night to the Chicago Bears. Now, you can say, well, that's the Chicago Bears. If they held, if they held, if they held Buffalo Bills seven points, totally different ball game. Now, granted, the Packers gave up 100-plus yards to uh, David Montgomery, but they still gave up only seven points. And guess what? A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones had a good game. Well, again, I'm not saying Clyde or Ronald Jones. Or AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, not stretching the imagination, but but I like to see them get used more. Uh, I like to see those two get used a little bit more. Take some of the pressure off of off of Patrick Mahomes even more. Let maybe the defense, maybe the defense for once can take pressure on Patrick Mahomes. But it's good to see that it's good to see that the Chiefs actually have a defense to to work with. Now, can it sustain itself for the next 15 games? Remains to be seen. The Chiefs, they played they played defensively very well in preseason, and they seem to be able to carry it a little bit into the season. But can they do it for the next 15 weeks? And if they can do that, have it, if they can have a middle-of-the-pack defense to go along with Patrick Mahomes and company, the Chiefs, once again, we were talking about the Chiefs being in winning division, back into the playoffs, Maybe back in the AFC Championship game, and maybe they could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl and not everybody's little favorite, the Buffalo Bills. But we'll see. We'll see in time if that's the answer to the question. But for right now, the Chiefs are playing some defense. That's good to hear. It's great to hear. Can he keep it up? It's going to be the biggest thing. Now we'll stay in the, in the actual division. Talked about Denver. We talked about Kansas City. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the team that's actually owned two in that division, and that is the Raiders. Now the Raiders look like in the preseason they look like world beaters. They look extremely well in the preseason. Looks like Josh McDaniels had everything under control. But now it seems like the Raiders are kind of struggling. They had a chance to win this past week against the Cardinal against the Arizona Cardinals, but some mistakes were made. And they end up losing. Now, in the first week, in the first week, I think in the first week, the Raiders, I mean, yeah, the Raiders, 
and Devontae Adams had a blockbuster first week. But then again, he went from having a blockbuster first week to the numbers dipped in. Now, Hunter Renfro, he's been kind of silent. I think he, he did play well this week. This week. Now, again, the Raiders situation was the Raiders thing was this. There was no, Derek Carr was not. Derek Carr, they re-signed, they gave him a, you know, bigger contract. They re-signed to a, a new contract. Derek was never really the answer. Now, Josh Jacobs, now, to me, what has been surprising thus far is I know Josh Jacobs is the main running back, and rightfully he should be, but I have not heard anything from the young man that is actually was the talk of their camp, the running back, Zaire White. I have not even heard from him or seen him. Again, I know that Josh Daniels is on that. He's got that, he's got that Bill Belichick. Yeah, let me rotate my running backs here, there, and everywhere. Let me rotate them in and out. But I don't see anything from Josh. And Zaire White was your hottest running back pretty much, and, and you're not using it much. Why not? Josh, use the man. Yeah, use him. I don't care if you split carries between him and Josh Jacobs. You know, go do that. Get the offense rolling. You got Devontae Adams. I get it. Darren Waller has gotten off to a decent start. After having some hamstring issues in camp, he is, you know, he got himself a new contract as well, and he's playing, he's playing fairly well. Now, Hunter Redfield, I think Hunter played a little bit better this week. I think he got dinged up. I think he, he got dinged up in this last game. Now, the biggest thing is we all know about, you know, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. The biggest issue is they've all, they've, they've all tried to find like that extra third receiver, which they have not been able to do so. The biggest thing with the offense was it was the offensive line. That was the biggest issue. That was the biggest issue going into camp. Now, for the first couple of games, now a couple of games of preseason, I saw from the Raiders, the offensive line looked pretty decent. Now, they got rid of uh, what's the Leatherwood, who the he was, he was a first-round draft pick from the old regime, the old, you know, Gruden and Mike May, Matt, yeah, and Maylock regime. He was a first-round draft pick, first-round bust. And he got cut. The Bears picked him up. So now they're trying to they're trying to reshuffle the offensive line, trying to find the right system. Now, part of that could still be the problem. They're still trying to find the right system. Derek's been all right. Jacobs has played has, has played okay. Devontae had a good first week, slipped a little bit in the second week. But again, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders have played, the Raiders have played, have played, you know, so so. The biggest thing with that was the offensive line, but the defense. They made some adjustments in the, in the offseason. They got Dwayne, got Chandler Jones, and they and the defense, which has been an issue the last few seasons for them. Now, I gotta give you know I give the Raiders the devil they're due. Last year they went through the John Gruden situation. They had a lot of ups, they had some ups and some downs, but they still made the playoffs. And yes, they did get bounced by the Bengals in the first round. A match, a match that they had a shot at winning. But again, the biggest thing I think the biggest thing is this with the Raiders is the defense. Again, the Chiefs maybe they need to take a little bit of a lesson from the Chiefs. Got to work on that defensive side of the ball. I don't have a problem with Derek Carr. I don't have a problem with Jacobs. I like to see Zaire White be used more. And you do have two very good starting receivers and a good tight end. The only thing I worry about on offense is is the offensive line. Again, that's something that needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed sooner the better. 
Derek Carr's been one of the most sad quarterbacks that we can last, what, a few years in this league. But again, that's always been the problem with Derek Carr is the offensive line. And that's something that needs to get addressed. If you've signed a man to a, I believe it's for a three-year, three-year deal, he's got a lot more money, you need to worry about that offensive line. And that's something that Josh McDaniels, that's something that the guys up, guys upstairs, all the way to Mark Davis himself, you need to get Josh some help. If you want Josh, if you want Josh to be healthy, you need to give help to the offensive line. Now I know Josh Jacobs, he's on the last year of his deal. He could very well be gone by the end of the year. And that means you want to find a running back. Maybe you've got his replacement, Zyre White, which you need to use. You need to find out this season if he's the most legitimate answer. I mean, I get it. I get it. You, you love rotating the running backs in and out. Um, I know they've got Al Gould, who's a third down back. I know they've got Bowman from the New England Patriot days that Josh Williams knows very well and is very comfortable with. I got no problem with you keeping a fresh, a fresh running back in the lineup. Nowadays, nowadays in the NFL, that's probably the smart thing to do. Is never fresh running back, fresh two running backs. I don't have a problem with that. You got one of the better receivers in the game of football, Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro, who caught 800 balls last year. You got one of the better tight ends in the league, Darren Waller. It's not like you don't have weapons on the offense side of the ball. You do. The offensive line is a concern. And I've told you again, if Derek Carter is your quarterback, moving forward for the next several years, you've got to demand some offensive line help. Why don't you ask Patrick Mahomes what was that like in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when Tampa Bay tore him up, spit him up, and spit him out? Ask him, you ask him, ask him that then. Why don't you ask Joe Burrow what it's like to have a bad offensive line? And if he wants to ask, he should ask his, his own brother, David Carr, what it's like to have a bad offensive line. When he first started there with the Houston, with the Houston Texans, why don't you ask him what it's like to have that bad, that bad offensive line? Again, that's something Raiders have got to address the offensive line. And defensively, they've got to get better defensively. I've never been sold on the secondary. I like Crosby. I like Chandler Jones. But you need to work on the yeah, but you need to work on you need to work on the secondary. That's the biggest issue that's always been a problem with the team. And to me, it's still been the problem. Work on it. I mean, I like Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson has been a, a great find for the Raiders. He's been a consistent kicker for the last couple of years. And he continues to do continues to be still consistent. But for the Raiders, the Raiders start is, is iffy. Yes, there's still time to catch up, certainly. But in that division, you've got the Chiefs, Chargers, and the Broncos. It's a tough division, the toughest division, the best division, certainly in football. And again, I'm looking forward to seeing the Raiders and Chargers again. I'm looking forward to seeing the Raiders can't see how it goes. Or Denver. These are games that everybody, everybody in the NFL is looking, is looking forward to. Yes. Yeah. But for the Raiders, the Raiders are kind of off to that and start. And they need to, they need to get, they need to step up their game. If they're going to be a contender, or at least a thought of to be a contender. Now, I don't have them in the playoffs this year. To be honest with you, I had the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. Actually, three of the four teams. I thought Raiders would be the odd man out. A lot of experts feel that Raiders are going to be the odd team out in this in this thing. But for the Raiders, 
Raiders, I think you need to look, need to work. I think next year's draft, you need to work on the offensive line, get you some secondary help, work on the defense. If you can do that, if you can do that, then Josh McDaniel's regime did get off to a pretty decent start. They did some right things in this year's draft. But they've got they've got to step it up. They've got to be even more aggressive. Maybe, maybe, you know, hit the free hit the free agent market. And you've got Chandler Jones. Maybe you go ahead and get somebody in the secondary next year. The, Ch the Chargers got aggressive. They went out and got J.C. Jackson. Maybe that's what the Raiders need to do. I mean, after all, if Mark, if, if Mark Davis is Al Davis' son, and trust me, Al was aggressive when he had to be. Al was aggressive when he had to be. Make no mistake about it. He knew he needs to take lessons from, from the old man. And he needs to be aggressive. Be aggressive in the free agency. Maybe go get go get that extra uh, cornerback that you think that can help help you cover cover those guys. Because you got to remember now, granted, there's no more Tyree Hill in the division, but you still got Keenan Allen and a Mike Williams to work with. You still got Corey Sutton, a Jerry Judy to, to contend with. Luckily, you don't have to contend with <laughs> contend with Devontae Adams. But again, let's work on it. And then again, it gets to that conference. You're in that conference. You. You still got a cover of Tyreek Hill. What about Jamar Chase? What about a Stephon Diggs? Those are just names that 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 Mark Davis needs to think about, that Joshua Daniels needs to think about, the defensive coordinator, so forth and so forth. This is something you need to work on. But for right now, the Raiders, the Raiders, they've gotten off to a start. Is there still there's still time to get things straight to improve on stuff? But for right now. Let's work on the offensive line, and let's get, and let's get the defense. Let's get the defense some help. Let's get, hopefully, defense can get better moving forward this year. Hopefully, the defense will get better. If not, in twenty twenty three, you need you need to do something. You need to jump on it and jump on it quickly. Again, we'll say we'll say that conference, and let's talk about the New York Jets, for example. The Jets got a win in week two against against. The Cleveland Browns, but it was Joe Flacco that was leading leading the way. Now we all know that Zach Wilson is is, is out, and I think he's actually back here very very soon, which gets to be a very interesting question. Is there a quarterback controversy with the Jets? Joe Flacco has has not played has not played badly at all in the first two weeks, but you got Zach Wilson coming back. Now, moving forward. Does, do, does, does Joe Flacco end up being the new quarterback for the New York Jets? Now, the Jets have had their, you know, the Jets have sort of had their <laughs> differences in the last several years. And they have tried their best to find a quarterback. Now, I'm not going to say Joe Flacco is the, it's certainly not the future at quarterback. I believe Joe is, what, 36, 37 years old. So Joe is certainly not the future. Now, Zach Wilson has, yeah, he did not look too great in his first year. He had a little bit of issues in, yeah, in preseason, then he got hurt. So I have to wonder, I have to wonder if, if you're a Jet fan, do you go with, do you let Joe Flacco be the, be the uh, quarterback? Because to me, Flacco seems to have a moral grasp of the, of the system. Now, you've got two good young running backs, Michael Carter, Bryce Hall. I like it. Garrett Wilson has gotten off to a decent, to a decent start. With the uh, he's a uh, first round draft pick from the from the Ohio State University has played well. There was a Corey Davis sighting. He caught a six to six yard bomb. 
you still got a large war. And to me, and I got to be honest, and I got to be honest with you, it seems like the offense runs a little bit better with Joe Flacco, the 37-year-old, than it does with Zach Wilson. Now, defensively, the Jets have got a long, long way to go. And I'll be interested to see with a struggling Cincinnati Bengals offense coming to town. Can it, yeah, can it, yeah, can it uh, hold out? Yeah, can it, yeah, can it keep the Bengals struggling? It's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on. But it, it gets to be very interesting with Flacco playing well, got them a win, ran it there one and one. Yes, and I know that, and I know that the Jets are, are not going to, Beat, they're not going to take the top the uh, division crown from Buffalo. Oh, they're not better than Miami. I don't think that at all. To me, I still think the Patriots are a little bit better than the Jets. But I got to be honest with you. I mean, looking at Flacco the first couple of weeks, and I, I, I mean, is, is Flacco better fit than Zach Wilson himself? Is Zach Wilson the, the second year man from BYU? I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe it seems. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm taking it, taking it, I'm taking a different perspective on this. But then again, I'm sure the Jet fans are gonna be saying the same thing deep down inside. Oh my gosh, Flacco looked better than Zach Wilson, and I'm sure some of the Jet fans have gotta be saying that. I guarantee you, some of New York, some of the New York, you know, podcasts or some of the radio shows, I'm sure they're probably saying the same thing. Heck, I be I guarantee people that are calling the Jets games might be saying the same thing. Now I'm interested to see if Zach, when he does come to his healthy, does he get his starting job or does he stick with Flacco? Now the offensive line, they've had some injuries on the offensive line, but I'm interested to see moving forward. I'm interested to see if Flacco is going to be the quarterback. Can Carter and Hall, you know, as a could be a good one-two punch for a few for the next few years. I like you know, I do like I like Wilson. Elijah's played well. Now Elijah Moore seems to have a better rapport with Zach Wilson than with Joe Flacco. But I'm sure Flacco a veteran, a veteran could get on, on the same page with Elijah Moore. I mean Corey Davis seems to step his game up a little bit. you know, I have to wonder. It gets to be very interesting. And could it be the Joe Flacco show in New York? Do you let Joe do you buy a Joe Flacco? For right now, and then if he starts struggling, do you say, "Okay, Joe, you done with you done with need to do Zach, get back in there, you're the quarterback of this team." Now I know that, and it's very interesting to see. I mean, the off season becomes very interesting. Now we know Joe is not going to be like I said the quarterback moving forward. We get that, we understand that, but I have to wonder with Zach Wilson. Do you trust? Do you trust Zach Wilson moving forward to be your quarterback of the future? Because if you don't, then here we go all over again. I mean, you look at the you look at the tradition of the Jets quarterbacks. You've had what? Certainly, Joe Namath comes to mind. Joe Namath got the team to got the team to very Super Bowl win. Then years later, had Richard Todd. Richard Todd was a decent quarterback on a lot of bad New York Jet teams. Then you went on to there to Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien wasn't a bad quarterback. Ken, you know, Ken again. Ken O'Brien had some decent jet teams. Some bad. He was kind of in the middle. In the middle, some good jet teams, some bad jet teams. He was in the middle, but he was not a bad quarterback. 
Unfortunately, Ken O'Brien was taken in the same draft as one Dan Marino and John Elway. And that's something Ken O'Brien will always, yeah, you know, always, always be thought of. Now, Ken didn't have that bad of a career, but it wasn't John Elway. It certainly wasn't Dan Marino. And a lot of people thought that Dan Marino would have been a New York Jet. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine Dan Marino went to the New York Jets? Could his career have been any different? You know, that's an interesting thing. But now, since then, they have struggled to find that that quarterback to take them up and over the top. I don't know if Zach Wilson's answer that question. We certainly know Jack, yeah, Joe Flacco. He's not going to be the answer, but he's the answer right now at 37 years old. He seems to be the answer. But then you start looking at the draft next year. If you play that badly, do you get C.J. Stroud? Do you go ahead and get you know, Bryce Young? What is it? Uh, Lewis, I believe, from Kentucky. Do you go get him? Again, I don't know. That's a question that only the Jets brass can answer. But you're doing, but you're got, you're doing the steps in the right direction. Offensively, you're making the steps in the right direction. It's just the quarterback is 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 what you have to is what you have to lean on. Is Zach Wilson the answer? But I gotta give Jack, you know, I gotta give Joe Flacco credit. It was last year that he was what a backup with the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Then he got traded to the Jets. Now the Jets have got Gard Minshew as a backup to Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has gotten off to a fabulous start for the Philadelphia Eagles. And to me, the Philadelphia Eagles might be a team to certainly watch in the NFC. Some people are saying that maybe they're the best team in the NFC right now. It will be interesting to see moving forward. They've got a match with Washington, which I feel they could certainly beat the Washington this week and get off to that great start, 3-0 start. But for right now, I mean, Flacco, to me, moving forward, should be the Jets' starting quarterback. Now, if he starts to struggle a little bit, has a couple of bad games, and if Zach's healthy, if you want to go back to Zach Wilson, go do so. But the problem is, I said the problem is, I don't know, you know, moving forward, offensively making, they're making strides on the offensive side of the ball. But the defense, the defense still has been highly questionable. You've got, you've got a, your head coach as a defensive-minded coordinator who really hasn't stepped up his game to get the defense side of the ball straight. And you have to wonder, how much longer do you think he will be, you know, he will be, you know, head coach? Because he could very, very well be a defensive coordinator you know, on another football team, certainly. But you have to wonder, is it his is it his fault that Zach Wilson has not developed or maybe the New York Jets made a mistake and drafted Zach Wilson? To me, for right now, Joe is playing well. Joe is playing Joe is playing like he did, right? Joe is playing extremely extremely good ball. And it's going to be very interesting moving forward when Zach Wilson is healthy. Will be will Joe Flacco keep his job, or will Zach Wilson get his job back? I'm interested to see what hap- what happens. But we'll see in due time. But for right now, the team seems to be doing a lot better with Joe Flacco as his quarterback than Zach Wilson. Now we'll stick in the in the state of New York. Let's talk about the New York Giants for a second. Oh, is that a giant team that I see is undefeated? Or about or or is it a mirage? Or am I seeing or I'm seeing something different? 
the Giants actually, who kind of struggled during preseason, but all of a sudden, they're playing well. Now, granted, Daniel Jones has not let the world on fire. Barkley, his first week, he played extremely well. And the Giants, of course, the Giants, they didn't play quite as well last week. But it was enough. I mean, I've seen where Barkley seemed like he has gotten better. Now, the, the receiving core, it's had still its ups and downs. But the defense, I think the Giants have actually played a little bit of defense the first couple of weeks. That has been a huge, that has been a, actually a huge surprise. Offensively, everybody thought the Giants had potential. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see in due time. Now the Giants getting off to a good start. Now I know that I'm not gonna jump it. I'm not gonna jump the gun, and they're they're not better than than the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, to me, the Giants to me are still the worst team in the division. Now, granted, granted, but for the Giants fans, this is good news. They're actually there. There is life in there is life in New York, and the new head coach who came over from the Buffalo Bills is breathing some type of life life into the team. Which is great to see for New York, because now you got the Jets are one and one, and the Giants are two zero. When's the last time we've seen two New York teams get off to this to this to this decent of a start? Granted, granted, let's just say this much. Now Daniel Jones is to me certainly still not the answer, and I'm sure that's going to be a they're going to be quarterback hunting in the off season. Daniel's the last year of his contract, and I think he's going to be back. The offensive line they've done some they they've some adjustments on the offensive line. They've had some decent drafts. I'm interested to see if that will continue, if they'll go on to next year making another draft pick on the offensive side of the ball. Barkley, he's in the final year of his contract. If Barkley can put together a decent year, can, do they bring Barkley back? I mean, Barkley is only 25 years old. Do you bring him back? The receiving core is, you have to wonder, Kyle who has not let the world on fire since they've, since they've I mean, do they release him? Sherman Shepard, he took a pay cut to even come back. I don't know if he's going to be back next year. Tony, a lot of people are not selling on Tony. And again, you've got was Wendell Robinson who is hurt right now, but you have to wonder. The offense, I mean, the offense could, the offense come next year could be blown, blown up. But defensively, the Giants have played pretty well defensively thus far. The biggest problem the Giants moving forward is going to be the offense. And this is what the coach was brought in for to, create, to, to make the offense better. But you got if you look at 2023, you might have a new quarterback, maybe a new running back if Barkley's gone. Your receiving core, I mean, the receiving core might get blown up for all we know. So to me, you might, maybe the defense continues to improve more but the offense could really get blown up. And that's going to be an interesting issue. But for right now, whatever's working with the Giants, it's working fine thus far. But can it be sustained for the next 15 games? The answer to that question is no. Because I got a feeling the offensive line, the offense, I got a feeling the offensive lines will get blown up. The only guy I really trust in the offense is Barkley. And that's if he can stay healthy. The rest of the offense, I don't have that much confidence in. Like I said, other than Barkley, that's it. Now, if Barkley has a good enough year, you might have to re-sign Barkley. But the offense, it becomes a big question mark for the Giants moving forward. 
Well, that's all I have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining. Please take care of yourselves. And us. We'll talk again very soon.